We learn Frederick's name and it's very inspired. You don't want to miss this week's episode of the Indie Power Report podcast. We're back again, episode number 225 of the Indie Bar Report podcast. I'm Nick. I got a squatter on my show now. He's probably going to be here for a couple months, but it's all right. He's like the like the guy that couch surfs throughout college. So it's all right, you know. He's entertaining. He brings limericks and other things like that. Right? You do limericks, right? I'm living in your walls, Poppy. I don't know what a limerick is. <laughs> it's like an Irish rhyme. Yeah, I, I can kind of riddle off like a number of dirty limericks off the top of my head just from like, uh, I believe Sean uh, Connery's character on Celebrity Jeopardy back in the day. But other than that, I'm kind of light on uh, on the limerick thing. Oh, right. do, do I give off the energy of an English major, my man? Well, at one point in time, we did have an English major on this show, so. At one point in time, LPGroundup.com actually had written articles, but then I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say the same thing because we do technically have articles on the website and I plug them still in com articles tab. But I think the last one came up in a- in like April and the one before that was like December, maybe? I don't know. Any case I know I know I'm gonna get back into it in the off season because I have a ton of you know I have a ton of content ideas ready to rock. It's just I need the time to do it, which last off season. I did not. Now I actually do. Oh, the lies we tell ourselves. Oh, no. This one. This definitely time this offseason. Because I don't plan on moving anywhere this offseason. Well, when when you get uh, a job with the Huntington team, that will definitely come sooner than later. We'll see if you're saying the same thing. And also now everybody that listens to this show, all 100 and plus of you, you can go over and blame Ryan when he doesn't write articles in December. Huh? Called accountability. Exactly. So we're going to hold you, you accountable. Yeah. And I'm just going to retweet. This. I'm going to dig through, like, I guess it would be six months worth of tweets in the middle of December and quote tweet it and tag you in it. You're going to be confused and you're going to be like, what I say here that got me in trouble. And then you're going to go about three minutes into the show and go, oh, writing articles. Yeah, that's about. I mean,. Yeah, I mean, you can do it. We'll see. I'm open to all things. All right. Well, I'm kind of all over the board when it comes to what my motivations are. It's usually verbal abuse. Sometimes it's a copious amount of baked goods. I'm kind of all over the board. Train 30 has been weird for me. Oh, that's good. And also, I I just want to point out here, because some Midwesterners, I think, took offense to me calling it flyover country. Mm, Some threatened me with the violence of uh, ears of corn. So that was new. That was different. So out of mm-hmm. respect for you, uh, we're not going to refer to you as flyover country anymore. It's Elvis country. So in keeping with that spirit and that theme, we have to talk about Frederick's new name because they ain't nothing but a ghost town. And mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's talking about Frederick now. And they have uh, they have a new name. They're not Frederick even. They're Spire City. An inspired name, some would say. And they are the Mm -hmm. ghost towns. There is still no general consensus on the abbreviation. And uh, the name goes back to an urban legend of a blue phantom dog that wanders the streets of Spire City, a.k.a. Frederick. And uh, it is the product of a Name the Team contest. And, uh, yeah, immediate thoughts on that as I drop part of my chair on the floor. (laughs) Part of your chair? Dear Lord, all right. 
I'll just vamp. Um, I like it. I, I do. I think we discussed it. I'm not sure it was the best of the options, but I think it was a very good option. Um, yeah, I think um, I think it was good. I It's grown on me a little bit. I didn't like the logo immediately. Now I'm, I'm kind of warmed up to it. it. It does stand out a little bit. And I'm not 100% sure it's in a good way. It's uh, the colors, isn't it? I think... What was that? It's the colors that really got you. Oh, yeah, because I was awkwardly complimenting the colors like publicly, and I realized, oh, they're my colors. I'm such an idiot. Um, yeah, so that happened. But uh, I don't know. I think it's... Okay, so the good for me is I like the fact that it, it's definitely a little bit different. It, it's got a vibe to it. Anything with a dog is going to do well on merch as long as you have half a brain. Um Cujo I I have a weird thing about I don't love logos where the name is like just at the bottom of it. Okay. Uh, Gastonia is like that too, where it's like uh, the logo and then like almost separated from the logo is the writing. Like I'm not talking about the Dirty Birds, how like it kind of curves around the bottom. That's not what I mean. I just mean where it's like the logo and then underneath it it says like Spire City Ghost Towns or Gastonia Honey Hunters. I don't like that much. It feels like you made a logo and you're like, oh, and then we'll just put the name under it. Uh, felt like an afterthought. So that's one I don't love. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a good rebrand. I will say at this point, <laughs> I think it's a good rebrand. Yeah, I, I those white jerseys are, are not good though. I yeah, don't like. Wait, I hate those that they rolled out with those first. Yeah, I was like, don't know. Why would you go with that? Because then they were the what the teal ones the next day, and they were sick. Loved them. Oh yeah. The, the teal works better because that's the Spire City ones, right? I believe so, yeah, because the white ones are the ghost town ones. Yeah, which, again, like, can I understand baseball is a, uh, you got your whites, like your home white jerseys. That's a thing. I totally get it. And I understand that white's probably a cheaper color to get because it's more common. But I feel like, especially in the case of Spire City, because of the shades of blue and teal they have, I feel like cream would have worked way better than white would have. Um, honestly right now the teal ones do say ghost towns oh so that's interesting i'm like wait what are they wearing have a spire city jersey i know because i've seen them wearing it yeah i'm trying to see if i can get any like pictures of what they're wearing tonight they're in lexington so who knows what the hell they've got going on Um, it's a well-dressed match up there tough scene Uh, anyway to the point at hand i do think it's a good rebrand there isn't much content of the jerseys, it looks like they are wearing teal jerseys. I would assume they're the same ones that we saw previously. Which, um, so I just yeah, had a that's thought. a little bit odd. If you wanted to see the jerseys, couldn't you have gone to the uh, Spire City website, went to the merch shop, and then just looked the jerseys for sale? I'm not sure. Do they have any yet? They may. I don't. I honestly don't know because some websites are better than others. You know, Some are well-ran, and then others are like Kane County's website. Could this be our worst start of the podcast ever? Just mostly talking about un- not even the topic at hand, just straight to the side, not knowing the. Uh, For those, it, what, that- is that on the store? Is that? Oh, so you're talking about the road replicas. I see that. Yeah. That's, yeah, I understand what you're talking about. The Spire Seager is not bad. I like the combined eye thing. I like the spooky candle vibe on the eyes. I like that in all their logo writing with the Spire City thing. I like a little candle flame as the dot on the eye. Cool. Because yeah. of the, the ghost tours thing, if nobody put that together. Together. Um, okay, good. I was confused. But the teal, I, I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it's at exactly. Imagine coming but, to this uh, show for serious baseball discussion. 
I mean, it is branding and marketing content it, talk. It's just like disorganized. Because if I'm honest, I, I didn't think that we'd be doing a breakdown of the jerseys right away. And I, I didn't think we were really, doing that either. So That's on me. Hey, man, if you don't like this, you can cut it and send it to me and I'll figure out something to do. Oh, no, it. no. We're going to leave. I'll make it a TikTok. I'll dance during it. <laughs> I can just see it now. <laughs> Ryan just flossing as we're discussing uh, jerseys and branding and marketing on the independent league level at uh, 7 after 11 at night. Yeah, it's not well-adjusted. Um, I Here's my... Okay, to summarize. Logo is good. Parts of it are very good. Some of the jerseys, they range from... I would say the road jersey is good. The home jersey is bad. The alternate jersey is very good. The mascot, I didn't so, love. So yeah, it's... It is just like a dog in a costume. Um, Very Paw Patrol-like. Yeah, I mean, named it Freddy. I get not wanting to make him spooky, but it's kind of weird that he's not at all spooky. Like, like he's a hound, but not a ghost. What are we doing? Why can't can't we just like give him the Charlie Brown ghost costume? Yeah, right. Like we anyway, can do that, yeah. and like so, I get why they're calling him Freddy because Frederick, but cool, like at the fine. same time, like. It's just really funny to call like a mascot dog Freddy. Yeah, and also like they got rid of like the Frederick in the name, which I said on Twitter. I do think that is like the next frontier of how you name these teams. Um, but I think it's funny though that they got rid of uh, Frederick in the name and then like put Freddy in the mascot. Like no, it's still there, just the mascot. Yeah, honestly, I like that. I think it's a creative way to keep like the city name in the team still. I'm not mad at it. Project. I just thought it just made me laugh. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I like how they did that. And I think I'm kind of on the same wavelength as you are with it, where like I saw everybody fawning over it at first, and I was like, I gotta be missing something here, right? Because like it's not bad. It just wasn't really moving the needle overly for me. Now I think that's partially because I'm not like the hugest fan of that kind of brandiose style of design, on top mm-hmm. of the fact where I, I totally get it. Like, I'm not saying this where, as though I don't understand why logos are designed this way, because I get it. It's supposed to be family friendly and all like that. But I'm not the hugest fan of making a overly childish or overly kind of cartoony looking logo. I like a logo that's, you know, somewhat uh, realistic looking. Like, for example, like Fargo's logo. Where, like, obviously a little cartoony, but it's still a fairly realistic looking hawk, you know? Like, designs like that. Lincoln's another one where I I like it. It's a realistic looking dog. And I don't quite know the origin of Salt Dog for that, but whatever. Like, there's ones like that where, again, I understand why if you're, like, Evansville or if you're Charleston or now Spire City, you go that route. I totally get it. But at the same point in time, I'm not really the biggest fan of it, but I'm also not the target audience for it either. So, like, I get it. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I agree with your Brandios take on that. Um, I think the thing that we can agree on is, thankfully, they didn't go with Sawbones or something weird like that. Oh, God. Um, Sawbones. I think we both agree so, that Sawbones was the worst. Yes. And... Uh, I will say Frederick should consider doing the screaming alpacas because it's like, it, like loosely. All right. It, 
connects to the farming community down there, but they're like, what they describe it, there's a number of alpaca breeders. I'm like, okay, n- probably not enough to name a baseball team after it, but like you could definitely bring them back for like a weekend where you like auction some jerseys and it goes to like local farmers. That's a vibe. Oh, um, it's absolutely like I was saying, like it's a 4-H day type of thing all the way. Mm-hmm. Like it has such yep. ag fair vibes to it where like honestly if you do have like an ag fair in town that's coming through that's a hundred percent the weekend you do that which again like yeah i agree alpacas are just such a random thing to have a lot of in one area too like it's just such a random (laughs) animal um (laughs) that is also very true um i i was waiting for someone to do the fainting goats at some point that's a different conversation i will say the rollout was very good they had a very good kickoff video for it like the execution yeah. was really nicely done yeah i'll agree with that too and also i mean i would have liked to see what would have happened if it didn't rain last friday and they would have been able to get that game in but considering they had to just kind of be like hey we're gonna pull a charleston on you and do it in between games it came out very mm-hmm. very nice yeah, it was well done. Yeah, and I respect really the turnaround too by this by the uh, stadium staff too. They got the turnaround to get the new merch out there pretty quick too. Yeah, yeah, they did it well. Yeah, so I got to give them credit for that. But circling back to the point that you're making about uh, city uh, like nickname rebrands, because I do think that's an interesting conversation to have. Briefly, being that uh, we're like 20 minutes into news, but I do want to yeah. at the very least spend some time on it. If I got to cut out nonsense, I got to cut it out, but. I think it's interesting because we've talked a lot, especially about New Jersey going all in on the Silk City thing. I yep. think that you are onto something there with that's the next evolution because it is it's different, but still somewhat grounded. And mm-hmm. it does seem to have a positive reception. It resonates with a local base and it just it differentiates itself from just the standard here. And I don't think there's too many brands realistically across independent ball that either have that kind of story tradition or have it ingrained enough to where you have to use the local name on it, which I think is interesting, particularly in the Jackals case, because they do have 25 years with New Jersey Jackals as the brand. So mm-hmm. it is an interesting position to be in because if you do have 25 years of name recognition built up, that's no small feat, obviously. But at the same time, Silk City Threads is sitting right there. I mean, like, you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, I agree. And I think, too, um, I think it's just a good way. Like, you can add a lot of flavor to a name. Um, Like, I don't know, like, Spire City has such a cooler vibe than um, just, like, Frederick. And I don't dislike Frederick, by the way. I've said on the record before, I like the Frederick Keys name. I like everything about their brand. Uh, Mm -hmm. The only thing I really don't necessarily like about the frederick brand is like i think they've gotten sort of a new logo from themselves and i think it was kind of yep. not the energy but that's a bias yeah they do and it's yep. not even new it's an older one but full disclosure i grew up a carolina league fan watching a lot of women to Rock games so i didn't yep. uh, i grew up with like the old keys logos i like that a lot but yep. um I, I would say like i think without uh, i think there's only so many creative ways you can go without getting into like weird screaming alpacas territory yep. and i think by being able to find a good a good and relevant keys name connecting to a city or even a region i think you can really do it a, a lot better like um i think like rocky mountain vibes isn't a bad rng too i think they mm. did well uh, True. uh what was the there was another one i was thinking oh it's the i've always kicked around i feel like southern maryland isn't a great one i feel like they could probably do well rebranded like chesapeake something 
Uh, or even but, Charles yeah. County crabs works. Yeah, it's true. Very true. But honestly, I think there's even potential in the Pioneer League because I just feel like because Glacier kind of does that as well, uh, playing on right, the National yeah. Park. Yeah. But I feel like there's at least one other team that's in that general region that could use like Big Sky or Great Sky as the title there because that is Big Sky country out there. And it just feels like there's potential to use something there. But I agree with the sense of you when you start going like screaming alpacas and everything like that, after a while, it starts to get larger than itself. And you start to jump the shark on it. Because, I mean, realistically, a lot of like the rebrands we've seen as of late, it is some sort of like, I guess it would be a verb or adjective noun, right? Like screaming alpaca dirty birds you see that just a lot so like if well we did have the uh, i just remember we did have the hagerstown finalists there and i think a lot of them kind of finished the uh, same way yeah like diesel dogs battle swans mm-hmm. flying boxcar tin lizard doesn't really count but then again you can bring back that sort of single syllable name if you want to do something cool with that yeah like location moniker that's an interesting point too i didn't even think about from that angle necessarily but yeah. um yeah yeah now i'm obsessed with looking at this i gotta stop because i want to see like what would be a cool one I, i've always felt like skyline would be a really cool identifier on a team but like i don't know which team would fit that like my gut is like ogden kind of but like also kind of not yeah uh, true anyway but i mean and also we saw it a little bit during the pandemic with a lot of like those little pop-up leagues too because i remember yeah. like what was it like the skylands cardinals or something along those lines we saw with like the all-american baseball challenge Real OGs will remember Bro, that league. Lexington could have grabbed Bourbon Trail as their identifier and it would have been sick. Oh, man. Yep. The Bourbon Trail, whatever. I kicked around the idea of Barrel Boys uh, as the name when they were coming up with the name that eventually settled in as the Genomes. I don't know if and that was a good idea or not, but that was like, interesting. With like, and this may not work because I understand like rum runners are different, but like, mm-hmm. Part of me is thinking like bourbon trail runners or bourbon trail racers mm, or something. That's there. I feel because if you go with racers too, you can kind of sort of play on the like the horse racing element. But yeah. you also kind of get the whole bootlegging thing there too. So like I feel like that's the way to go on it. Yeah, there's a lot of like old like anyone like i'm trying to find the right phrase for it like but there's like old school sort of like gangster phrases that they would yeah. use like names for like people like bootlegger yeah. but like there's a lot of those out there i'm sure they could have found one i'm sure a lot of teams could find something that connected if they wanted to but yeah yeah that talk about not just one but two rebrands that could have had some potential in lexington but again another conversation from another day yeah exactly so but, uh, yeah, I think this is an interesting conversation to have, though, about changing the way the branding goes. It does kind of set apart there. So uh, it is something there. And I'm trying to think now, like, for teams that are based out of, like, the general, like, immediate New York City area, if there was one way or some way to work, like, Liberty Island or Ellis Island into everything. Because I feel like you definitely could work that there. Because even Empire mm-hmm. State Grays kind of goes that way. Obviously, that's a different situation. But, like... He kind of can play into that there because I'm sure a Pennsylvania team could pick up like Keystone something. Yeah, it's true. Um, in fact, I think Reading right now is playing as like the Reading Keystones once a week as a whole other thing because Reading's been around for like ever. 
Um, oh my god! If you yeah, man, that, that is definitely though the next frontier of names because yeah. I mean, there's so much you can do with any of this. Oh, going especially for, marketing uh, and uh, merchandising. Uh, yep. Or hell, man, if you want to do an alternate identity, that's right there too. Yeah, true. I mean, that's why I was immediately about to say with Keystone because what I came to my mind immediately was if you're a Pennsylvania team, you do something like Keystone whatever. You do that as your Thirsty Thursday identity. If you have a deal with Keystone Light, and you have that be the cheap beer of the night. Oh, that's there. Yeah, like you make it like the All right, Keystone. Thirty seconds. Tax. Thirty second total. Uh, I'm going to totally spin it off, and then we're going to bring it back relevant fully. I'm going to go so off the topic that it doesn't connect to anything. Right. Uh, in college, I wrote my senior like data not thesis that sounds far too serious for a business major but like my senior project essentially was uh comparing uh figuring out why keystone was so much less successful than natty when Natty light like keystone lights and natty lights specifically yeah. because it, they're the same beer y'all it's the same beer oh, yeah. and uh i did a blind taste test with like 600 people and uh i asked them beforehand like hey which one do you prefer and 80 percent said natty and then when it came to which one they prefer in the blind taste test it was exactly 50 50 really? and uh yeah. I did it and like I sent it. I think we were encouraged to send it to like the brands if we worked with the brand, like worked on something, including a brand. Yeah. And uh, Keystone sent me like a full case of Keystone. And so they <laughs> loved it. I was like, yeah, like Keystone's entire issue is just they have a trash reputation, which is hilarious. See, and the thing is, for so me, that's like, my Keystone story. I, for me, I just relate to two brands I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cheap beer you buy in college. That's definitely like the kind of beer where, like, especially like high school level beer where it's like, you just give someone 20 bucks and say, just buy whatever you can get the most with. And it's just like you get Keystone or Natty. Like that's what you get. If you were out in Westchester, Pennsylvania, yeah. uh, about seven years ago and somebody had you do a blind taste test of Keystone and Natty, it was me. Oh, so shout I out. really hope so. I'd say reach out, but now nah, we're good. I re- reach out to me. I'll give you his phone number. Don't, don't do that. All right. Well, I guess being that we're done talking about purchasing cheap beers, we can talk about purchasing independent ball contracts. That seems like the next okay. natural progression. Send it. Uh, and that starts this past week with uh, Ryan McCarthy, Great Falls guy, goes to the White Sox organization. He is a single A player. At, with Great Falls, he hit 372, 466, 709, six home runs, 25 RBIs, 15 walks, 19 strikeouts, four stolen bases in 22 games. Uh, That's what yep. Ryan McCarthy did. So, decent Went little player. On, yeah, that was, it was a hell of a run. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, yep. There's not like, oh, that's Pioneer League inflated. Okay, bring it back down to what normal is. That's still insane. He went off. Like, the average OPS, the league OPS right now is 876. His OPS was a 1.175. Ooh, Lord. <laughs> that's so ridiculous. I take it that's good. Dude, it's so good, man. It's really good. All right, then. I feel like I need to take that as a soundbite to use from now on. But <laughs> I, that's what I, 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 mean, I need a board for soundbites and stuff. Oh, we'll get like real zany with it. Like real, like, you know, stereotypical radio show. Exactly. Anywho. Uh, next guy up. <laughs> Duncan Hewitt, uh, West Side. I believe he was a West Side Woolly Mammoth. I know he's a USPBL guy. When you look it up, it says Utica, but then when you look in the video, he's wearing like a West Side hat. So I assume it's West Side, and they just didn't update anything. He was he has contract purchased by the Twins. I don't know where he was assigned to. It wasn't available on Thursday when I wrote the notes, and there are no stats available for him. 
I looked on Baseball Reference. I looked on the USPBL site. I looked up his name. I couldn't find stats. So make of that what you will. I will say on Twitter, very nerdy follow. A lot of comic book stuff. Really? So, That's yeah. funny. I love that for him. Although still very, very chill dude. I followed him. I got followed back within like five minutes. So that was pretty cool. Also very big into you know Spider-Man. I missed this. I missed the signing happen. Yeah, I missed one in the USB. His numbers are not wild. I wonder what the story is there. Yeah, he's a catcher. Because I found his numbers. Um, Yeah, I mean... Are the 2022 numbers or is it 2023? Played 16 games. He went 9 for 46. I mean, like, hey, not going to hate. Like, get after it, but, but like, I wonder, he. I bet he went to a tryout and showed out or something. That has to be it. Because I, I don't. is a pitcher's league this year, but like I don't think anyone's going to sign off that. That, that, that or it could just be they need a catcher. If you hey need, man, it's a good position to play if you want to get picked up. That's yeah, why I, mean, I played it. Didn't help me at all because I suck. But that's either here or there. I mean, look at Logan Moore. Remember Logan Moore? Oh, I remember Logan Moore. He like balled out in High Point, didn't he? Mm. I remember mm. he balled out in High Point after being very mid in New Britain, another team that. We've just kind of forgotten existed New Britain. Yeah. Bum, bum. I saw, I think, one of New Britain's last games. Oh, yeah? It was one of the first Atlanta games I ever saw, yeah. Huh. I have a New Britain hat that I bought from York. That's sick. I like that. Yeah. I always found it funny that York sells other teams' merch. Oh, you yeah, no, I bought two hats down. from them when they were on sale marking them down. So I got a New Britain hat and a Sugarland hat because I was like, that's the only time I'm ever going to get either one of these. Yes, that's the time. Uh-oh, I missed this one. Lake Country Dockhounds tonight. For those watching the game on AA Baseball TV. Oh, but that's right there, AA Baseball, not close speed. Not I know, close yeah, speed. I was going to say, like, at womp first, womp. I was really tempted to tweet out $30. I, oh, wait, and then, like, cut off halfway and go, wait a minute, you're not Flow Sports. Yeah, if I'm honest, like, they're, I mean, a baseball can honestly have some issues. They're reasonably priced. <laughs> like that's, that's so dumb. Thing. That's true. That's the thing. It's like ah, uh, like I still don't love that you're charging me like fifteen a month, but at the same time, I can cancel in the off season. <laughs> yep, and they have extra content. Like they're giving an effort. Like they, you can tell they're actively trying. Exactly. That's the thing. So like, I can't bitch. Plus, like, yep. like did you watch like the Kevin McGovern thing they did? Uh, yeah, it was very good. That's what I mean. Like, they're thinking outside the box. They're putting the extra effort when they don't have to. Like, it's just, it's a good vibe. Exactly. So I respect that. Plus, I still have the introductory price of 20 for the year. So I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so for $20 yeah, for the year, it's it. worth for me. Actually, that reminds me. That renews in like a couple of days. I got to update my credit card information on that. <laughs> mm, good call. Yeah. But uh, in okay. any case, two other guys that got signed. Uh, Jesus Lozano, uh, Lancaster, he goes to the Yankees, double A, so he's in Somerset now. Kind of stays in the Atlantic League in a way. Uh, only had 10 innings pitched, but in those 10 innings, he walked three, struck out 18, and had an ERA below one. So pretty Ooh. good. That'll work. Yeah, he certainly will. And then uh, last guy that got signed this week was a guy that honestly should have been signed a long time ago, but finally got taken care of. Carson McCusker from Tri-City Valley Cats got signed by the Twins. Yep. Again, didn't see where he got placed. I did this Thursday night, so he probably has been placed in either high A or double A by now would be my guess, but uh, I don't know for certain. 
Either way, he hit 433, 480, 822, 17 home runs, 51 RBIs, 15 walks, 27 strikeouts, two stolen bases in 37 games. That's it's just offensive, really. And he had to be removed for the safety of others. He did. And quite frankly, it's kind of surprising it took him this long to get picked up because he was just rolling pretty much the whole year. Is there any better feeling than putting out a tweet about a guy just crushing and then, uh, like, next thing you know, like, the next day he gets picked up and you just feel like, yeah, I, I was on it. I mean, like, the only thing better than that is being a Lincoln Salt Dog tonight. Did you see what they were doing? Oh, Swifty Night, baby. Yeah, Swift Dog Night. And they set the yeah, record for attendance and beat the hell out of Sioux City. Of course they did, man. It's amazing. Because everything's possible through Tay. That's why. My God, Queen. I know, it's just slay. Um, slay. But, you know, like, it's a shame that Todd wasn't involved in this. Because, I mean, like, let's be real. You let him pitch on Taylor Swift night, there's not a chance in the world he's so much as throwing a ball, let alone a hit or a walk. He, he's just going to be dealing immaculate inning after immaculate inning. Yeah, Stonia still has a chance to schedule one. I mean, I've seen a few teams announce them, like a few teams announced Taylor Swift nights uh, just over the past couple of weeks. Like, yeah, I can't help but think that could still schedule it. Yeah, I think NOCO did that too. Yep. So, I mean, it is possible. I mean, Gastonia... <laughs> Get on it. If you want to have a damn good pitching performance and also probably some decent free marketing from your player base, now is the time to strike. Right. I fully agree with that. Switching gears a little bit, though, to keep things moving and keeping it in the Pioneer League, a league that normally doesn't get talked about, but they're going to get featured heavily this week because our series of the week is Ogden at Missoula. And I was debating between this and then the Milwaukee-Fargo series, but I said, you know what? This is going to be a damn good series. And when you look into the stats here, this actually does seem like it's going to be a really fun series between uh, Ogden and Missoula there. It is from July the 6th to July the 8th. First time both teams are going to be playing each other this year. Uh, They're just kind of head and shoulders better than everybody else in this league and they are both in first place in their respective divisions. I don't know if they're both still under the 11 loss mark. Last I knew, Ogden was like 20 and 10, and Missoula, I think, was 24 and 8, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, yep, they both won the night. So you're, they're good. All right. So, yeah, they're all set there. So, I mean, we got two really solid teams here. In the case of Missoula, they have three versus Glacier and then three versus Billings before they get to the Ogden series. Uh, this is going to be a home series for the Paddlehead. So they are 13-2 and two when I did these notes on Thursday at home. So very strong team at home, more or less an, an average team on the road, but still they are a top-tier team. Uh, they are probably the best power team in the league, leading in both home runs and slugging percentage. They've allowed the fewest walks, roughly uh, three walks per game they allow there. So a top three pitching team by all accounts here. And they have yet to lose this year in their eight losses by any more than four runs. Usually their losses are at most two runs. They have a couple of four-run losses, but by and large, it is a one or two-run loss for Missoula. So a really talented team overall there up there in Montana with the Paddleheads. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
the the big attention grabber of late has been uh, Ogden's offense because yeah. entering the day in the last six games they had scored 100 runs. Uh, some of that is just beating up on Idaho Falls because that's just kind of what you do. Sorry, Idaho Falls. Um, but it's I mean they're up what seven six is that what we're looking at? I believe it was seven six. They haven't won yet tonight. I was looking at yesterday they did win, but they're twenty one. Yeah, twenty one wins is what I saw. But yeah. um yeah, the I'm just looking someone tweeted at me, one of the local guys out there. <laughs> so yeah. I'm checking on that one. Uh yeah, I believe they were they were up on Idaho Falls though. I think it was like six four or something like that. This is just an example. So I've covered this closely. Logan Williams has five home runs in the last four games, including a grand slam in consecutive nights. His is uh his in home run the seventh gives Ogden the lead. He has 13 RBI in the last game in three quarters. Um, so from my perspective, I like, have noticed him raking, but not like, oh, what's Logan Williams up to? And that's not a statement on anything other than the fact that that's how solid the lineup is. That like mm-hmm. that kind of faded into <laughs> the lineup yeah. over there. But yeah, I mean, um, all, but your yeah. point there with Ogden, I mean, they've been one of the better hitting teams. I believe they have the best on base percentage in the league, too, as well. And this is just a team that's been, you know, hot as of late, eight and two in their last 10, or I guess maybe even uh, nine and one now, five game winning streak after winning last night, if I'm not mistaken. So a team that's very good on the road as well. I think eight and four now on the road. And they are the top pitching team in the league. Missoula is the second best pitching team in the league, although Missoula has gotten picked apart a little bit as of recent. I think they had Cameron Williams and one other guy, if I'm not mistaken, last week got picked up. Timmons, I think. Mark Timmons by the Angels. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they've gotten picked through a little bit here. But this looks like the series where you're having like the best batting team versus the best pitching team and the second best batting team versus the second best pitching team. So that's really what... I'm looking at here is that both teams are just that solidly well built. Yeah, man, I'm really excited for this one. I think there's high potential for some, some, uh, I don't even know. It's so interesting. There's, I think there's going to be two, like, man, I'm trying to think like what these games will even look like. Like, I feel like it's a very, you know, stereotypical, not stereotypical, uncreative answer, but like, we'll probably get one low scoring game, one like normal score game, and then one that's just like the offense has got to get after it at some point. You know what I mean? See, the one thing I would say about that is I think Missoula has a little bit of the edge here because being a home team, they have three at home versus Glacier, then they go on the road for Billings for three, but stay in the state of Montana, which I guess for Pioneer League standards is a relatively uh, short trip, you know? So, that's not terrible. In the case of Ogden, they're going to be coming off of a lot of road games, at least five in a row, but I believe it's closer to like six to nine on the road, you know? So they're going to have a lot of road games there that they've been playing here as well. So, I mean, that's going to take a toll on it too. If for no other reason than Pioneer League travel is just tough. Like Frontier League and American Association aren't easy. You're covering a lot of miles, but... It's a bit different when in the Pioneer League, you got to go for a long while for pretty much every road trip. I mean, there's no short road trip like there is in pretty much every other league. You at least have one or two trips where it's like, okay, it's bad, but it's not that bad. Everything in the Pioneer League is that bad. Yeah, and I think we talked about it before. It's like that funny thing of you're looking like, oh, okay, it's just across the state, but the state's Montana. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, like as East Coast people, it's just like it's it's a bit mind blowing sometimes to see like what the actual drive time is on stuff. 
Um, they do have, they're going, so they're at Idaho. They're, they've got Idaho Falls. Yeah, and then Glacier. Then they've got Glacier. Uh, and then at least they're staying in Montana, they're going to Missoula. But like Idaho Falls, you think about like, oh, Idaho, Montana, like right there. And Missoula is like just above like the Idaho border. <laughs> it's a four and a half hour drive. Exactly. Like, see, and in that cool. time span, you could go from New York to Boston. So it's just kind of crazy there. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Missoula to Kalispell is also two hours. I mean, that's nothing in the big scheme. It's yeah. funny you mentioned, I was actually thinking about doing a weekly thing of like the weekly, like bus, like the bus trip of the week or something, or like yeah, the bus, bus ride of the week. That's for whoever has the worst bus travel that week. Yeah. See, so just a very involved prize. Oh, I mean, oh my God, you call that transit authority. Ooh, yeah. There you go. I mean, let's More. talk. And I just settled in like, it's bussing. Oh, <laughs> and people are like, you suck at this. Uh, yeah, um, at that point, I'm going to have to drive out to Pennsylvania just to go ahead and turn your power off again. I hate that. Hey, uh, don't get me started on this current situation. Okay. <laughs> to, if you caught that, if my audio adjusted at all, because Nick has an impossible task, uh, <laughs> it's because I managed to, I went on Wi-Fi for the uh, call because we had spotty cell service during the day at, uh, at my humble abode. And then I promptly lost power. <laughs> so tough break for Nick. Uh, it's always so, something with this point. show. It's always something. You, we don't go like something. more than two weeks without and some sort of tech issue. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you got your, your calls working better now? Well, guess what? Um, okay, to the point. I would say, oh, Idaho Falls has taken the lead back on Ogden. You know, that kind of brings me to a point, just completely undercut what you're going to say, which is, go ahead. yeah, this series is more interesting to me, more than just two really good teams playing each other is, if you look at the schedules for each team, they really haven't faced that much of a challenge, right? Like, Missoula had True. a bit of a rough start to the year, but since then, they're like, what, 20 and 2 or something like that? Crazy number. They're on, like, a monarch stretch. Ogden's played a bunch of garbage teams, I hate to say it, but there's just a lot of garbage teams in the Pioneer League this year. True. So, they really haven't had a test yet. Neither team's really had a test yet. I kind of lean more Missoula because they did have some adversity like the first 10 games of the year. Ogden kind of, sort of, too, I guess. But, like, from each side here, they're finally playing a really good team. They're playing a team that's on their level here. So maybe it's not the truest of tests. Again, Missoula, a lot less in the way of travel. And Ogden, a lot more in the way of travel. But even still... It's just the closest we're going to get, and we're finally going to get a measuring stick series for both teams here, and that's what really intrigues me here, and why I kind of want to lean a little Missoula is, again, I keep going back to travel as the main like dividing point, but that's just because both teams are pretty even in my mind, so it's little things like that that really could tilt the the, uh, the scales, but yeah, that that's, I guess, kind of the main reason why I picked this for the series of the week, it's just we have a real measuring stick contest. Yeah, and, you know, Ogden's had some weird moments. Um, they both had weird moments. I mean, Missoula, Missoula just played three against Great Falls. Great Falls is 9-22. and 22. They are 15 games behind Missoula in the standings, and they had an even run differential in those three games. So, like, awesome. what do you, you know, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing with that? Empire um, State Gray-esque. They both have, 
floated their numbers lately based on beating the ever-living hell out of Idaho Falls, which is thoughts and prayers. Yeah. But um, I don't know. And again, that's a bigger thing on the Pioneer League as well. There are certain teams that seem to have, you know, it, it's a quickly evolving situation out there as the league's reputation changes. And, you know, you get more college kids coming out now that they're running under COVID extension on uh, the college time and all that. And you're finding that certain teams are definitely adapting differently. Certain teams are keeping almost all their players. Certain ones are having a lot more turnover. So, we're definitely seeing some teams getting with it immediately versus not. And they have weird things like all of a sudden Rocky Mountains playing good ball. Five and five in the last 10. Don't know what that, do, what do we do with it? Yeah. So it's just really hard to assess sometimes unless teams are playing each other head to head. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's odd. And for the Pioneer League too, you have such a, such a variety in talent that it really runs the gamut for things. I feel like they're harder to judge than just about any other league. Just because everybody else you know, the talent level that you're going to expect is relatively the same. But with the Pioneer League, it's one of the smaller leagues. And it just is everybody's so different. And recruiting is so much more difficult out there. And you never really know what you're going to get. And I mean, like, even just looking across the leaderboard for them, if you look at a guy and you're like, oh, well, he's doing really good. I wonder why he's not being signed. He has like a 320 ERA in the Pioneer League through like, six seven starts and he's leading the league in strikeouts what's his deal then you click on you're like oh he's 25 that's probably it yeah i'm weird stuff happens in this league like i'm saying rock uh rocky mountain got hot idaho falls who's we were just talking about how bad they're in like 11 21 i think they were nine and nine at one point i vaguely remember you know i remember colorado or northern colorado also being a strong team same thing with grand junction and then they just kind of Right off the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Again, that's why this is a key series because it's very hard to gauge what's going on. It can't use that transitive property of like, okay, you beat this team and you beat this team, but you won by this many runs. So we can kind of safely assume there's enough like fluctuations teams kind of get together and fall apart. There's enough inconsistency. There's enough weird series that can be a, have a game affected with weird travel. Like it, we want to see it head to head. And once this series is done, uh, they got a week of games and they're back to play each other for six. So we're going to learn a lot here. Yeah, I was noticing that too when I was looking at Pioneer League schedules. They seem to be big into like that six games at a clip thing. Uh, yeah, it definitely depends on like what the travel is. Like you don't really see it between the Montana teams, but like if, it seems to be if you're going, you know what? It, it feels like for the most part is if you're playing a team from their division, you're going to play them for three and they're going to play them for six. There's an exception to, if I recall, there's some teams that don't play each other at all in this league, which feels like that's, super unacceptable. That's a different conversation. Yeah, but um, only like eight that, or ten teams. That seems to be their preference, which I don't hate. Yeah, I like the this occasional six game. I don't know if I love six game all year. Yeah, as we talked about last time. But I, the more I think on it, I, the more I kind of like a little variety. This is everything we talked about with them, and they're going to come up in this section, the hot or not section that we've been saying we're going to get. Yeah, to. is that your transition? Yeah, it's going to be my transition because we're going to talk about some other teams that aren't ranked now. Ogden eight yeah, and two in the last ten, four game winning streak. I think it's five game winning streak. It may be down to zero game winning streak after tonight. We really don't know. Uh, but ten plus runs four in every game this week. Uh, Seventy one runs four in the last four, and only twenty one runs against. If you do math, that's a plus fifty run differential. So they're pretty good. 
And on the flip side, Cleveland, Colorado is cold, 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Six losses by three runs or less since the 17th. Six losses by five runs or more in June. And a team ERA of 8.87 on the season, which somehow puts them in third from the bottom. <laughs> uh, what a garbage fire. <laughs> yeah, if you believe it or not, uh, the lowest ERA starts with a nine. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I'd look it up. Oh. The very fragile uh, recording setup here does not allow me to do so. That's probably going to conclude Pioneer League talk for the day. Um, that's fair. They got a good. They got a good run. Yeah, it's probably the most Pioneer League talk we've ever done this show. So that's good. Hey man, I try to bring a little chaos. Exactly. So we'll switch over to the uh, Frontier League. Both of these teams that are in the hot category, of course, lost tonight. So that's not great. But uh, Quebec City is still one of the hotter teams. They would now, I believe, fall for five and one in their last six. Uh, which would put them somewhere around seven and three in the last ten. I don't know the exact numbers because again, I did all this on Thursday. It's now Saturday morning. Things have happened. Either way, yeah, it's they're about a game. <laughs> of, they're about a game out of the wild card, and they're like twelve and six in, since June eleventh, and they are nearly at a plus thirty run differential. Things got a little bit messed up with tonight's game. I think it was like a six-one loss, so that's not great, but still. Quebec's doing pretty good after a pretty mediocre start. Yeah, I mean, they're right on their tail just a few games back. That's, you know, hey, if you're in that division, that's not what you're looking to see. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Quebec is, they're the type, kind of, whoo, they're the kind of team where, like, you both, even when they have a slow start, you believe in it. Yeah. Like, I was there, at the same time, I was like, ooh, the St. Trois year, I was like, well, Quebec, and they had, like, the same record. Exactly, <laughs> so, that's the thing. Uh, maybe it's some bias, but they, because that's a different type of organization. Because, exactly. And that wasn't, that wasn't Trois-Rivier shade that sounded like it. It's not. That's just purely saying, like I said that about a number of teams, but I picked on you because, yeah. Right. Though they've been balling out too. I think they were five and five in the last 10 entering the day, so, you know, yeah, see? They're coming around a bit, but yeah, I mean, this thing with Quebec is, they have a track record of winning, and you can count the yes. amount of bad seasons they've ever had on one hand. And for an organization that's been around for like 25 years, if you're going at like an 80% clip of making the postseason, that's pretty damn impressive. And, you know, it's more than just the organization as a whole, which is extremely well ran. It's also the managers and the staff mm-hmm. there. Like TJ Wright is, or TJ White, not Wright. All the rights are over in Ottawa, you know, like AJ and Taylor. But TJ White is just a phenomenal player coach because he is raking and apparently doing good as a coach itself. Uh, Patrick Scalabrini is just, again, a phenomenal manager. So that's all yes. adding up there. So and you never really, really gets it when it comes to roster building, too. Exactly. So he's able to work with that. Plus, there's the advantage of everybody loves Quebec. Like, I cannot mm-hmm. find anyone that's had a bad road trip with Quebec. Everybody loves going there. Now, obviously, a road trip is a little bit different than, you know, playing half of your games there. But even still, you know, it is, it's an easier destination to get people to, even though it does require you to be in Canada and it changes up the visa situation a little bit. But regardless of that fact, they're a bit easier to get to. Plus, if I'm not mistaken, they probably lost a few guys to, uh, what was it, World Baseball Games or something like that? Because I saw a bunch of guys get put on the inactive list or reserve list because they went to play for their country team. I know it was Kansas City 
and Winnipeg, they got hit hard with that. So I imagine Quebec lost a few guys as well. So they're just keeping it up. And when you really look at their schedule, when you really look at their schedule, they have a real opportunity the next three weeks where they have some easy opponents on there. It's a lot of grays. It's a lot of three rivers. There's a little bit of Ottawa on there. There's some really mediocre teams where they can really, really take advantage of the next three weeks. Cause after that, they get hit with like a bunch of New Jersey and Sussex County and then some tri city in there too. And that's obviously going to be a very tough stretch. You know, you're, yeah. August is going to be rough on them. No way around that. Gonna learn a lot. Exactly. So right now is their time to eat. If they can eat now and they can start to build it up and get themselves to like comfortably in the three spot, maybe pushing for the two spot, I feel pretty good about them making the postseason. And they're a team where they really didn't have that much turnover where I'm overly concerned about it. And they just have a culture of winning to the same extent that Schaumburg has that same thing where it's like, oh, yeah, if they get in, they're going to be a problem type of thing. Quebec's that same way. So they really have this opportunity. You're spot on there, man. Yep relevant here because new jersey is the next team up on the hot category to make Dude, it- they're feeling spicy exactly because we can't have this be too easy to follow so we got to keep it keep it going uh eight and two in their last 10 if i'm not mistaken i know they got one win then they were losing to lake erie i don't know if they managed to come back and i think they messed it up tonight all i know is there was like a thunderous crowd of 60 there tonight so it's not doing great in new jersey but they are like a game up in the division so League best record. On a Friday night. Yep. But hey. Holiday weekend, too. Let them play baseball. <laughs> Holiday weekend. Holiday weekend. Bro, it's a bad scene. Yeah, man. Tri City got them this week. Uh, got them tonight. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really hadn't seen that game much. I uh, had my eye on all sorts of stuff and trying not to, yeah. you know, flip everything in the dark in my house. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Tri-City, man. They scored one in the third, three in the fourth, and then they were able to make that work. Shutting down Jersey, one, is impressive. Equally impressive, Jersey's bullpen got together. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Jersey, Cole and Litton chucking. Good for them. Yeah, I mean, they're getting it together. I think while they finished, then they finished June with what, six losses, seven losses? Oh, something like that. I was in the middle looking that up, and I decided to go over to the box score instead, which now has presented itself as a bad move by me. <laughs> Well, we just need to know Sorry, that they lost. i my it. phone here, dude. It's a struggle. I know. You're multitasking. You're on the call. You're looking stuff up. It's a struggle right now. And you're doing it all in the dark. Now you know how Didn't the Amish feel. my wife about the logistics of power. I don't know. You should just know. put that mini I nuclear reactor in the basement. You know I'm dumb as a stump. I got like, there's 17 or 18 wins in the last 20 games i think 17 in the last 20 games for the jackals all right so then either way they're doing pretty good but yeah so it's uh it's a situation over there it's like on the field everything's going pretty good for them it's just off the field it's like i want you to do better because it's just a problem but i don't want to talk about it too much because i don't want to dog pile yeah it. i know i feel so bad beating up on it but i mean it's it's just bad. It's so man. hard to avoid. It's like, it, how do you talk about them without talking about it? Exactly. Uh, really more hot and cold teams? We do have two more to go with and just one last point because I just thought of an yeah, idea sure. for them. For the Juneteenth game going forward, what could be a fantastic thing to do, because I know Bobby's big into the market and you have other guys that are big into the market there that have really tried to go and make Patterson itself work. If you send those guys and then maybe a player or two along with them, 
to local, say, middle schools and whatnot to do some sort of black history presentation. You know, maybe send them in with uh, some sort of local historian that can really relate the message and make it more local, make it more community-based, and then do some sort of a giveaway to get people to the ballpark for the Juneteenth game itself or a game right around there where you continue to celebrate and do the whole uh, really build up the culture aspect, build up the community aspect at the ballpark itself and kind of expand on the actual school visit itself, that may help drive attendance a little bit. And I understand if it's yeah, like a promotional game that you have on the schedule, like you shouldn't be having to give away tickets to something like that. Like Memorial Day weekend, you shouldn't have to give away tickets for. But that said, yeah. it's still, if you can get a promotional night and have the ballpark, the ballpark mostly full, it helps and it can build with momentum, right? So even just getting the bodies in there is really where the wind comes in. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I mean, I've always been the person who says give away free tickets because they're going to spend money in the park. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just, it's just, it feels like there's so much to do. I agree. Getting into the community is going to be, if this is going to work, that's the only way it can work really. Exactly. So, uh, moving on, we'll go to the last two teams. One hot team, one cold team. One from the American, one from the Atlantic. Hot team, I kind of feel bad even putting them on here now because they've really kind of went off the tracks a little bit. But it's the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. They were on a five-game winning streak when I did this with back-to-back shoutouts of Lincoln. And they had 30, 34 runs in those five games. And they're at like a plus 23 run differential in that five-game winning streak. I think they dropped one to Lincoln on Thursday night, they may have may not have won tonight. I don't know for certain. I don't think they did, but uh, I don't know positively, but they were on a little bit of a run. They were playing 500 ball, and they got themselves back into a playoff hunt, so I give them credit for that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah if I'm honest, like I would... I don't even know how I would have felt about the Winnipeg thing. Like I could... I didn't see... <sighs> I have such mixed feelings on Winnipeg. I really do feel like it's a team where, like, every time they show any sort of promise, it just then immediately gets like kicked in the basket. You're like, okay, and then, but then they get your hopes up again. So I don't know. I'm so I it really is. I'm just like, damn, dude. I I want to have their back, but then like, if you even go through their their schedule, it's even like, all right, you win some games, you lose some games, like. Yeah, two Gary, Lincoln. Like, yeah, that makes sense. But then the fact that before that they lost one to Gary and then three to Lincoln, it's like, well, what, what are we doing? Sure. You lost. The I feel like almost bad. every episode they could be on the hot or the not one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say one thing though: the whole running laps and running down the line has really helped out Travis Seabrook. He threw a hell of a game the other day, but yeah, apparently those boys run. <laughs> dude he was slaying it so whatever he's gonna be doing i don't care that works exactly yeah but so yeah I, I agree with you though with winnipeg where it's like i feel like as a team they would be a far better team if they could just get one or two pieces that could really work in supporting roles because they have like three or four guys that are genuinely good guys but you just can't win with only four of your 23 guys showing up so they need like more than like the occasional hot streak from some of these guys. That's really where I get down to. I look at this team. I'm just like, eh, you know, you'll be done in the playoffs fairly early. 
Yeah, yeah. I will. I mean, yeah. Any other points uh, on uh, Winnipeg? Uh, I mean, not really. Other than the fact that, like, it's it's frustrating because you want to be like, oh, they go on hot streaks and cold streaks. But if they're on a hot streak, then you know you like to think they're going to be able. They have a shot to put it together in the playoffs. Yeah. And then, but when you look at it, really, their hot streaks aren't against like playoff competition. Like, even their wins against Lincoln were right before they hit that streak that they're on. Or they were on at least for a little bit there. Yeah. I'm talking about hot or not. Um, so that's kind of what, <laughs> what worries me with them. It's just, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen them deliver a good three to six game stretch of beating good competition regularly. And that's, you know, I'm not going to be a believer in them until then. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, honestly, for me, it's just getting the whole lineup engaged. I think I mentioned that earlier, where it's just, yeah, there's only a couple guys at a time that really you know, are always on. And then there's only like one, maybe two guys that are kind of feeling it that week. And then overall as a group, it's just, you know, not quite there. So, yeah, uh, uh, that's a fair statement. Yeah. So going to the last team in hot or cold, uh, Southern Maryland, they are a cold team. I believe it's now a six game losing streak, maybe even a seven game losing streak for them. Uh, I think they are firmly out of any sort of serious hunt for the first half crown for Long Island, gaining steam, York, trying to fend off Long Island at this point. Last 10 has just been a, a disaster, really, for uh, for Southern Maryland. They've only gotten 29 runs from the 18th to the 28th, and it was 69 nice runs against from the 18th to the 28th there, too. So if you're any sort of a mathematician, you can put that together mean minus 40, and you're not going to win a lot of games with minus 40. Apparently, Daryl Thompson also got injured tonight. And they got blasted by the Honey Hunters. I think it was like 15 or 16 to nothing. So that's not going to help the cause either. Uh, it looks like the the depth of their uh, depth really has kind of run out. And uh, with guys getting picked up, I think it was like three or four guys a couple weeks back. It's just kind of, uh, it looks like the clock struck midnight on the Blue Crabs. Yeah, it, the, the vibes are bad. It's that... Uh... I mean, across the board, really, no matter where you look, <laughs> that's it's unfortunately this situation because so Daryl Thompson tonight goes down on a play at first, non-contact. Sounds like it's his left knee that's the issue. Um, when asked, said it uh, whether it'd be fine, he said it should be. So we'll take that as optimistic. Hopefully, um, I'll hesitantly point out um, I mean, he's not the Daryl of old necessarily. He's got a five-year race so far, yeah. um, but it, it kind of compounds on itself because. You got so he ended up having to get bailed out after the injury for five and a third from the pen. They got a double header tomorrow, and then they got a Sunday game. So you got three more games in the next like day and a half, two days against Gastonia. That's not when you want to be short on pitching. Um, yeah, it's not stacking up well because it, and I mentioned specifically because if they want to make any push for a potential playoff spot, they it needs to happen immediately. And I don't think. The immediate it looks very promising for them. Now four and a half back losers of six straight. Um, yeah, man, that's a bummer. And they got like Andrews Brasino back, and you were like, okay, that could be a thing. You know, he is a bummer that didn't work out for him in my leagues. Uh, he went over affiliated, was dominant to start the year, and then just it, it didn't it didn't really follow through. I think he got called up, and it didn't really work out. So that's a bummer. And then he came back, and he's been getting tagged pretty bad since he got to Southern Maryland in his first couple outings. So. Hopefully that works out better, but it's just everywhere they turn, it feels like they can't find some solid ground to sort of even, you know, yeah. steady themselves on. 
Plus, their batting was never a strong suit either for them. They were always relying on that pitching element, and now that that's kind of fallen apart here, it's not going to get any easier, especially when they lose one of their better bats. And what was it, Wylanski getting picked up at the Giants? So that's not going to really help the cause either there. It's really Braxton and Khalil Lee doing most of the heavy lifting on that front, and two guys does not make a lineup. No, and the Hobson pickup in the offseason, like, they didn't have a very strong offense, and that was, like, their big move, and I think we are all kind of, like, we all want him to do well, but it's not really, you know, the, the lineup anchor that you're looking for. Exactly. They picked up indie ball Adam Dunn. That's what they did. Indie ball Adam Dunn, which nothing wrong with that. Love that. Exactly. Like, but if, if I don't mean that to be to... insulting. It's just, like, he's not going to hit for average. He's going to hit 210. He's probably going to hit, like, close to 20 bombs that's what he's gonna do and like that's fine he still provides offense in his own way it's just like he better be coming up with runners on <laughs> it's yeah, simple as that. It. and it is yeah they didn't feel like a solution that was a major red flag at the time i know there's a major red flag in their projections at the time and um yeah that seems to kind of be coming to fruition unfortunately the other concern too is i mean Again, always a concern, Adrian Gerald Thompson, but we tend to push off that concern. Maybe this is starting to be that. Um, no Latos this year. Yeah, it did feel like true. they had the solution, but then um, uh, I want to blank on the name for two seconds until I can scroll my phone to look the rosters back up. But um, I don't know who you're talking about, too. Oh, Andre Scrub. That's it. Andre Scrub is fantastic to start. And then he got picked. I was so, going to say, did he go to Mexico? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. And that will be, you know. That'll do that. Yeah, he's pitching for Mexico and Mexico. Yeah. So that's uh, not what you need for the bullpen. Good for him, but yeah. not what you need. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's just if it could go wrong, it's going wrong exactly. for Southern Maryland. Bad times for the crabs there. So maybe they could put it together. But yeah, the Daryl Thompson point's the real big thing here because, I mean, every year it's like, this is the year he's going to fall off. It's like, mm, yeah, no. Then he goes on, he wins pitcher of the year. So you just kind of assume that he's never going to, but it does kind of especially to the start of the year, like like Father Time's caught up. And it's like... Yeah, it's, and his, one of the best things about him is also one of the things you start do start to worry about. Like, he's an inning, he's been an innings eater for them for years. And yeah. there's only so many bolts in the gun. Like, no matter how much you take care of yourself, no matter how much, um, you know, how well you are, you know, how carefully you're being, how well you're handling your training, all that, it's just... There's only so many bullets in the gun, and you're even seeing there's been a couple MLB guys you know, fairly recently who you know pitched to their mid late 30s, and all of a sudden, you know something goes sprawling in there, and then all of a sudden they need a surgery. And it, it, I'm not saying it's that at all. I'm not saying it's injury at all. It's obviously not. Uh, the knee thing is completely separate from what's happening. But it, to the point is, even the best guys, there's there's a limit out there somewhere, and you know if. This is it. Uh, I mean, I think we're all happy if it's not a some sort of arm issue that he runs into. If it's just like, hey, he gets to the season and maybe it's not there anymore, then that's okay. I think we're all comfortable yeah. if that's what we get from Daryl. We've gotten more than we could have ever asked for watching him. Exactly. And I'd say he's a member of the 25th anniversary team, but I don't know because they stopped telling us about that. Although apparently oh we're the Ford's right. under. Yeah, like it's not just me, right? Like they stopped announcing that. Yeah. I wonder what happened. Because like oh I saw, the only reason I know this is because the other day I saw Long Island post that Lou Ford got named to the team. They posted a picture of the award, him throwing out the first pitch, and I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> we haven't gotten a press release since like guy 18. <laughs> like we're still missing seven guys." 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like completely throwing me off right now. Yeah, they just stopped posting because remember they're like, oh, we're gonna have them all named by opening day. Then we got to opening week and they it went radio silent. <laughs> oh, this is messing with me right now. Um. Okay, hold on. Let me. I'm just doing a quick check through everything real quick to confirm if we've just been missing stuff. Like that's the thing. No, like, May nineteenth, the twenty fifth anniversary team is here. Is that just when they did it? Yeah. Like, um. Hold on. Starting me. Cause like I don't remember seeing it. Did they just like roster dump the whole rest of them? I don't um, know because I don't. I don't remember seeing anything else. God, I'm sorry. Like I know this is like a really weird like bit of podcast, but like this is <laughs> this is something I meant to bring up earlier when you still had power and like. <laughs> I didn't really remember it until just now when we were talking about Daryl Thompson's career. And I was like, well, Lou Ford is not going to fall victim to this. If he was going to, he would have already. And I was like, wait, I saw Lou Ford with the 25th anniversary thing the other day. Wait, they haven't done anything with that in a while. Yeah, the last one I'm seeing is John Hunton on April 14th. That's exactly. one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I'm trying to see how many they announced. Fifteen. If you go to my Twitter, 16. I should have the whole team listed out. I got 16. Okay. Yeah, I know if you look up uh, Silver Anniversary on my actual Twitter, there should be the full roster I listed out with positions. And I think it was about 17. I don't know the exact number, but I think it was around 17. Because I was like, oh, well, maybe they'll do one a day leading up to opening day. And then they didn't do that. And I was like, okay. Do we all have to start tweeting at them? I demand justice. Like that's the thing. Like there's like six guys here that are about to get screwed. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm here's my thought. I'm like, is it possible there was someone on there that all of a sudden, like, it wasn't what you wanted to do was announce them for something, but then it, like threw a wrench into things. But then you could just change them out. And then you'd be in there. I'm trying to think what could have happened exactly. other than just like typical. Like we were congratulating them on the follow through. Man, we jumped the gun. I know. And I, the thing is, too, we sung their praises for this thing. We were like, this is a really great idea. I really like that they're doing it. It really honors it. This is great. And then they dropped the ball. Damn. Come on, Langley. Help me help you. Exactly. So frustrating. We were just talking about how uh, it feels like they don't like the fact that we said something. But it's like, it, but it's. Because look, <laughs> yeah. it's like the, it's like being a parent and constantly having to go pick your kid up from the police station for possession. It's like, dude, why do you keep smoking your weed in the park? Why are you doing I said this? I said it before. I think it was even the preseason when I was like really skeptical of what was happening with Lexington organization. Yeah, and it was. I think it came back to um, if you're if you have this pattern of behavior like it's not that we don't trust you because we don't like you it's because we don't trust you because you have a pattern of like lying and it's not lying necessarily but it is like you know if you keep getting burned by the same thing you touch it like you're more hesitant to touch it even when it seems like it's cool like i don't know yeah and i say that like it feels a lot like the jersey conversation the jackals thing of like yeah. you know we're talking about the embarrassing thing you don't want to acknowledge because like we think it's important you acknowledge it and then move on, like, so that you can address it properly. Exactly. Um, Every time it's and, like an and, intervention. 
Yeah. In so many ways. Um, It's like, I need to lock you in this room and not allow you to leave until you fix your behavior. Yeah, man. Uh, Remind me not to invite you to intervention. Um, Well, that's good. I don't want to go. (laughs) Uh, I'm bringing a gun. Anyway. um, (laughs) Only one of us is walking out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So, man. I didn't expect that. Know who's not? Know who's not hot? The language. That's it. That's who's not hot. Is the amount of times that we we're not criticizing or talking bad because we want to and jump on dog It's because we really genuinely want it to be better. And my God, guys. God damn! This is like this is like the uh, Moltisanti intervention from The Sopranos. They're weak. They're out of control, and they become an embarrassment to themselves and everything else. What an aggressively Jersey reference from there. I know. I'm going to keep reference. This is like the third one This the, on this show alone. It started with Elvis Country and it's just gone from there. So Crystal Ball segment for the week. Um, <laughs> there's some that are inspired here. There are some that are rather uninspired city. But uh, still, Gastonia is going to win the South. That's my prediction there. At the time I was writing this, they were a game up. I think they're now two games up. Uh, mm-hmm. They got four against Southern Maryland, which is now three against Southern Maryland, three against Inspired City, and uh, one versus High Point. I got to be honest, from everything we've said about Southern Maryland, the uh, not-so-great uh, Ghost Town team that they got there and a High Point team that by the time they get Gastonia again, it's they ain't going to be within a game. Uh, I feel like it's a pretty safe bet to say Gastonia's winning in the South. Yeah, I agree. Like they, they, it was, yeah, I think it's probably about 70 to 75%. And, I, and that's just what the stats say. I think realistically, it's a bit higher. Yeah. I Honestly, it was the game two was the turning point. If High Point could have taken two or three, I would maybe be saying right now, like, I don't know, you know, only like a game back. They're not going to lose another game to York. They're going to take York. And, you know, as long as they keep pace, it's all fine and good. But yeah, just the, at this point, I don't see it happening. Gastonia's just yeah. in the driver's seat. So yeah, I agree, and it would require a bit of a, a collapse from Gastonia. They just aren't very collapse prone. I don't think their schedule is sort of uh, based on teams that can sort of force a collapse or even take full advantage. Remember, Honey Hunter fans, if they collapse this week, you know who to blame. That'll be your boy. <laughs> see, as long as you yeah. own, it's okay. Uh, second ball or second crystal ball here. Empire State gets to 12 wins before Missoula gets to 10 losses. Uh, no. No? No. I believe in Missoula. Missoula's already a little bit sketchy. They only Um, have eight losses here. I believe Empire State can get three wins before Missoula gets two losses. What did Empire State do that? Um... Because they were close. They, they, they put Quebec they, to a 2-0 game uh, last night. Yeah, and then they lost, I think, 6-3 to New Sussex County? Uh, they keep it close. But, yeah, I just don't. I don't have faith in it. I think the... I don't know who they're playing, so I can't really say. But, like, if they have the right matchup, I think they could steal one or two. And then they just need to get one more in there. So, I... Like I said, I don't expect this to be resolved this week because I don't expect Missoula to lose two games this week and I don't expect Empire State to win three this week, but I have faith, not in the Grays, but in Missoula 
Come on, Missoula. I just, which is weird because you're technically rooting against them if I'm following correctly. Uh, no, not necessarily. Or are you rooting? Are I'm you rooting, rooting for, for Missoula to-, to keep winning so that way they don't get to ten losses? Okay. Oh, okay. I then. I think Missoula is going to win so long that during their winning streak, Empire State's going to find a way to win three games. See, that's my issue right now. Is I'm like simultaneously telling you, like I think Missoula will lose those games, while also being like, "But boy, the grades are bad." Like, I can't even parse those two thoughts in my head right now. It's uh, it's going to do a check here. I'm just trying to see if there's any silver linings on the calendar right now. I mean, they just need one, right? Empire State just needs one. Well, how many? Wait, what? What's Empire State's win total right now? Because I thought they were at nine. Nine. They're at nine. So they need to get three wins. Because I said twelve wins. Oh, you said twelve. That's right. I double digits in my head. See, if I would have said uh, ten, I don't think that's a gutsy. Because I really think they could steal one game before Missoula loses two. Because keep in mind, Missoula's got an easy schedule this week until they get to Ogden. Yeah. And even um, Ogden's coming off of long travel. Yeah, man. What's I'm trying to figure out what Empire State schedule is moving forward. I'm just doing a quick pull up on that one, just yeah. just to see if there's any wins on the calendar. Because then, oh man, that's so difficult. It's so difficult to keep those wins coming. Damn, this is a really good one from you. Yeah, yeah. You really you nailed this one. I'm um, telling you, like I'm good in these segments. There's some thought provokers. Yeah, completely insane to me that you just broke my brain with this question. Um, Every week, this is going to happen. So they got Sussex for three, Tri City, Quebec. They could be Gateway. Uh, That's not optimistic, my guy. Uh, counterpoint though, they seem to always beat Tri City. They get <laughs> wins at Tri City. They do. They really do. And they play um, Quebec close. Keep in mind, even on one of your daily roundups on the Indie Ball Nation YouTube channel, you pointed out they almost got the rained out game. They were coming back and then the rain killed them. Yeah, that's a so, fair point. I appreciate the shout out too. Nice yeah, casually um, inserted too, might I add. But I have if, to think if they take two from Tri City, which is not impossible, and they take one from Quebec, which is certainly possible, that's the three. And if they do all that before the Ogden series, it's there. All right, I'm I'm feeling pretty decisive at this point. Uh, I don't see Empire State winning more than I don't see them winning a series. So I think it's going to take them at least nine games to hit 12 wins. Um, Missoula is currently sitting at how many losses again? So, I believe eight. Oh, shoot. They got this four. Well, they're going to lose four and nine. And they only have to lose two. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I was feeling so decisive. I even announced I was decisive in this one. <laughs> Holy sideways on it. Don't worry, it's um, dark in your house, so it's okay. It is so dark. We're in the middle nowhere. It's creepy as hell. Um, You're figuratively and literally in the dark. What's the over under us getting some damn power here? Um, oh, we didn't have that in a prop, but I'm going to say four and a half hours. Dude, I have. Uh, I think it's a, tra- uh, a Transformer, and we have Meta, which is notoriously bad. I think it oh, will be at least 12 hours because it's got to be an equipment change. Oh, God, there's a joke. I yeah, yeah the fact that I work for a utility company for three months, that happened. Um, a very yeah, All right, resume. so they've got Grand Rapids, Billings. I'm not overly impressed with... Okay, 
what are the losses on the miserable schedule? I think Empire State winning is a lot is full is too random almost. It's, it just needs to be them having a good day and Najee having a bad day. I think it takes them nine to twelve games to get that win. That those three wins. So looking at the next twelve ish games for Missoula, I think they lose at least one to Ogden. Um, they just pulled out against Grand Rapids. I think they lose Grand one to Billings. Rapids. Not Grand Rapids. Um, uh, Glacier. Every time I see GR, <laughs> I want to go Grand Rapids. I was like, um, why is there I, a I team in Michigan? Some old, is that some old AHL uh, trauma yeah. in my brain? Um, yeah. the uh, Because I, I think it's Grand Rapids and Great Falls. I keep trying to switch. But, um, I just I, like how Danny DeKaiser is giving you war flashbacks. You've got to figure they lose. Oh, man. One of those first three to, oh, I think Missoula loses, reaches 12 losses before. Again, they just have to reach 10 losses. That's why I had 10 in my head. Dude, this is the worst episode. Because usually, so a little behind the scenes, because I know I tend to drift thought-wise because I get like caught up in like schedules or there's a lot of looking things up while we talk. Yeah. I will write down. If you if there's a key point that I need to remember to answer something, I'll write it down and I do it in a Google sheet. So I am screwed. I can't write down in a notepad. It is dark. <laughs> like I'm sitting in the dark. My only light is my phone, which is currently scrolling a paddle out of schedule. You can't even so use candlelight because with your light, you'll knock into something then boom. Then you'll have too much light. This is such a bad vibe for me. I've, I am completely okay. I think Missoula okay. definitely reaches ten. Missoula reaching ten is what happens first. Okay, all right. Well, good yeah, thing that was just a crystal ball. So quickly, if I had actually caught that, come on, man, that's bad by me. Oh god. Well, then this one's definitely going to mess you up here because the third and final crystal ball, because the American Association announces their all-star team on Monday. I'm saying that there will be more Railcats and Chicago Dogs going to the All-Star game than there will be Monarchs and Dockhounds. What's your logic? My logic is that I don't see any more than maybe one Dockhound going, and I think the Railcats are going to have a surprisingly large amount, and I think the Dogs are good for three or four. So I'm thinking there's going to be probably about six between the Cats and the Dogs. And I don't think the Monarchs are sending more than four or five. So I think there is a decent enough chance there. Because, and for the sole reason, the only good Dockhounds have already had their contracts purchased. Mm, that's a fair point. Meanwhile, with Chicago, mm. keep in mind, Botcher's probably going. Palm's probably going. Altman's probably going. We're probably good for another surprise one, probably a reliever of some sort. On the Railcats end of things, you're going to have a couple guys. Diaz is probably going to be one. I'm going to imagine Mariaga is probably another one. There may be a pitcher in there as well. So figure if you're getting three and four, that's seven. So I'm thinking there's something possible there. Also keep in mind the dog counts are in the same division as the Railcats and the dogs are. So that's going to limit their numbers as well. And Milwaukee's in that division too. Milwaukee's hosting. They're probably going to have a disproportionate amount of players there, seeing as they're already there, and that makes it a lot easier to keep them there. Lake Country's also local, though. True. Fair point, but they suck. Here's, so. I, uh, among what I perceive to be qualified batters, yeah. Gary does not have anyone in the top 37 in OPS. It's not... 
great. Well, see, that's where we got to look at real stats like batting average. <laughs> I hate that you just said that. Um, oh, God. I, I really don't know how you as an analytic person get around in this community because pretty much every coach I talk to goes, yeah, I don't like analytics. I ignore them. Yeah, man. Uh, I got to find my niche. That's kind of the thing. I mean, and I currently don't work with the team, so there's a reason, huh? Yeah, and the worst part is most of the coaches that say that too are like the nicest guys. They're just like, yeah, I ignore that shit. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm just like, dude, I don't, I don't know. know how you managed to manage like three different teams, but I also kind of understand why you've managed three different teams. Mm-hmm. But like, well, and, you're getting hired, so. And to that point, I mean, most of the most of the guys are right it's like i think in indie ball it's almost impossible to build your team off of analytics it's just so hard to get into good granular data on guys you don't already have at this level but uh you kind of have to go off of feel and like putting together the right personalities and guys who are down for like like it, it's an opportunity it's on a punishment to be in indie ball uh, and then but the way you handle those guys that's where the analytics should come in and i don't know man Bunting is good, but if you're still bunting in certain situations, you need to be kicked in the head. Anyway. Um, I'm just saying, look at how it worked out for the Monarchs tonight. And that was good. I like that. But there's certain ones where you're just like, that's not when you should be giving out. I don't know what we're doing here. Um, I look forward to the Huntington vibes coming to you soon. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have an answer. I can't follow the the team combinations and who's making it from where. I guess my prediction is I don't think Gary gets a lot of action on uh, players getting in. I think Lake Country might have more than you expect simply on the local factor. Um, Rare. Chicago's I also think, not that far either, though. Chicago to Milwaukee. True, and I do think Chicago could have... It was pretty bad lately, though. Yeah, it, it's they, so funny. They, it's what was that? Yeah, but they have had some good individual performances, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've... Well... They only have one pitcher below a four ERA, so it's going to kind of limit that side of things. Yeah, but batting-wise, though, they gu- they're guaranteed at least two batters with Altman and Botcher. You're right. Botcher's disgusting. Um, Lidge looks Lidge is great. Yeah. Plus, catchers are hard to come by. What was that? Plus, he's a catcher, too. That helps him. Yeah, I mean, Herman's going to be... Herman's going to be one of them, no doubt. But, Morales, but you figure you bring three catchers. Yeah. Plus, isn't Herman on the uh, other division? Yeah, right. That's right. And I forget because I think of it when I put together my All Star team, I do one league, so I forget too. They're also going to split by division. So that's a great point. Yeah. Um. Damn, dude. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be able to give you an answer here. That's bad content. But hey, I don't have any internet, so that's how life's gonna go. All right. Well, we'll find out on Monday if I was right or wrong. So. Yeah, uh, man. I'm excited for this. No. Uh, I'm excited for All Star season, man. It gives us a little bit something new to completely disagree about exactly see we actually have uh conflict content which is always wonderful but <laughs> fantastic so going to the final thing props normally we do two but because it's fourth of july weekend i toss in an extra one because celebration why not uh we're gonna keep with the uh, all-star theme for the first one which is there will be four and a half red hawks on the all-star roster over or under on it oh shoot um I figure Grower's probably good. Mm-hmm. There's probably a batter or two on that team as well. Surprise! Not and really the names you'd expect, though. Like not a Leo Pena, who has not had a great year. But yeah, I'm also but like an Evan Alexander probably makes it. Mm, fair. 
So, I mean, I think you said four and a half. Yeah, four and a half. So it would have to be five yeah, for I the over. They, well, how many ulcers they're doing? Twenty-five. I'd assume twenty. Twenty-five. I mean, that's so the average team in a division is going to pull. Uh, math is hard, but four players. So really, it's are they going to be above average? It's Fargo. It has to be. Yeah. So taking the over. Yeah, absolutely. See, because of everything else in the crystal ball, when I'm taking the under, because that whole situation is messed with me, so I'm taking the under to be safe. However, if it's over, I'm not going to be shocked in the least bit. So, Prime has to make it. Fair point. The Otani yeah. of Indy ball has got to be in there. So, Casey Dykstra, this is so irrelevant, but uh, talking to two-way players, Casey Dykstra and a Pioneer last night. Yeah. I think he had like, a pair of ribbies. I don't think he had, he had a pair of RBI, though. Pitched like I think two scoreless in like a clutch situation to get it to extras and then lost in the knockout round pitching. I was like, oh, bro, that's brutal. Did everything and still couldn't get a dub. Uh, speaking of the Pioneer League, that brings us to the second prop. Let's go. Uh, Ogden ends the week with 13 and a half losses over or under. Ooh. I believe they're at 11 as we sit right now. Yeah. Let me check it. Yep, they're at 11. And they end at 13 and a half. So if they're going to lose three this week, sort of saying, which would put them, that's a 500 week. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. See, and it's Idaho Falls and Glacier before Missoula. See, okay. I don't think they dropped another to Idaho Falls. Yeah. So that's probably safe on that front. Glacier's yeah, the tricky one. Uh, like, I think they. Oof. Do they sweep Glacier's the question? That is a good question. Jeez. I don't think they do. Uh-oh. I don't think they do. I think that no. So over. they drop one. So it then becomes do they think? Ooh, man! I think they, I think yeah. They lose. I think they lose three this week. Yeah, I yeah. I'm going the over. I'm taking the over. I feel safer with that because, like I said, that's a lot of bussing. And here's the thing. Yeah, and here's the thing. Ogden, if you lose three this week, it's not a bad week. Yeah, that's the thing. That's a, that's one of the most brutal weeks you're gonna have in your schedule. If you get out at 500, all right. Yeah, sure. You're up three in the standings right now. Plus, I think they have a long homestand after that, too. So that's going to be where you're making up those those 500 games. Make that. Yep. And you're going to have your exactly. opportunity to go at Missoula again in like two weeks. So. And, they're, and they're hitting the ball at home. So they get back in that comfort zone. They'll be all right. Exactly. Yeah. So we both agree on the over. So yep. uh, last one here. And this is a 4th of July special. Woo. Four and a half 4th of July celebrations. For the weekend, so this is going to be your Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll even give you the Monday, Tuesday on it. We'll go the full, full weekend on it. Uh, games, so July one through July four. Actually, I actually have it written down here. So I guess it's just Saturday through Tuesday games. We'll have their firework or post game celebration postponed. Hmm. Um, See, that's four and a half across the core four leagues. Pioneer, Atlantic, American, and Frontier. All the makes total, too? Yeah. Oh. Four and a half. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so all it takes is one. Oh, well, the weather has cleared up. It was kind of crappy for a while there. That's the thing. Huh. I could see a ra- See, the problem here is I'm not even that concerned about the rain, although a little bit of rain could definitely keep a game on but ruin the fireworks. Yes. What gets me though is, and I've seen about this because the smoke has made the air quality shitty again. If it's really dry out, especially out west, 
are they going to let him shoot off fireworks in possible wildfire conditions? Uh, you know what? I'm maybe, maybe not, but I'm just going to tell you it's going to be more than four and a half. I'm looking at the weather for the week. Yeah. I mean, Sunday, all day, everything east of Illinois is pretty much in rain. All right. Now, though, how many fireworks celebrations, how many for the celebrations are there on Sunday? That's actually the right day for it. Yeah. Though Monday also looks rainy. So, but then again, you can always have it on the fourth itself. Yeah, and the fourth looks pretty cleared. Other yeah. than uh, North Carolina, sorry. Um, we're looking at Monday and Sunday overnight. It's bad. Saturday night is the question mark. But is that a fourth of July? That's a gray area. You gave it to me, though. So I'm going to say, I think that we're going to see a bunch of them have issues tomorrow. All right. So you're going to take the over on it, comfortably taking the over. Yeah. And I mean, the fire thing, it'll be fine. There's smoke already. <laughs> see, the real winners here are the ones that do the drones instead. Yeah. The Phillies had a great one, apparently, tonight. Like, yeah. like Bradford celebrating World Series. It's sick. So, yeah, man, they're figuring that one out, which is cool. Yeah. That's More places fun. are doing, like, the late the light shows, too, because they have, like, the LED lights. And oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. We got a smoke effect now. So, look at me being a silver line guy. Yeah. So, you know. Good news is we have reached the end of the line. We have two hours in on this show. I'm yep. going to have to hack the living shit out of this down. Really sorry about that. That's on me. We've been uh, talking for like three and a half hours. That's my fault. Yeah, actually we have been. I think this started at like uh, about 10 o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> so, my bad, dude. Yeah, no, it's all good. I mean, you can't control when the power goes out, so that's all fine and good. Uh, we probably battled through the most adversity we have in quite some time on this show. So uh, I guess uh, doing some plugs and then getting out of here is good. Um I'll let the guy in the dark go first, so that way when his phone dies, I can finish this with ease. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Indie Ball Nation, uh, YouTube, since I've been on here uh, more frequently, it's freed me up to do some daily recaps, which I think is good because it kind of fills in the finer details between what we talk about, which is good. Uh, you can also get me on Twitter for the dumbest of baseball fun facts constantly, and um, Instagram for screenshots of those dumb fun facts. Um other than that, uh, keep an eye out because uh, Nick and I are kicking around the idea of some, doing some fun slash stupid content uh, sort of occasionally and possibly even this weekend involving the YouTube channels. So definitely keep an eye on that because, uh, I mean, that is a far more controlled environment than whatever this was. And for that, again, I apologize. I'll see when it's uncontrolled and off the rails, it's even more fun. And that's the thing that I like the most about the daily recaps is that you never know exactly what you're going to get in them. Because sometimes the lighting's really nice. Other times you show up wearing glasses. Sometimes the lighting just covers half your face and you look like the Phantom of the Opera. So you really never know what you're going to get. And that appeals to me on a lot of different levels. Yo, man, it's been so funny because like this is our first year in this house. Yeah. So like it every morning the light is slightly different because that's how the world works. And But it is news to me. And as I'm doing videos at different times a day, I'm just like, it's a battle. And we're learning lessons and I'm forgetting them by the time that we fix it again. And uh, luckily, it's only on other people's shows. I seem to lose power. But um, yeah, it's been an adventure every single day. But, you know, 
that's a nice thing about doing the daily videos is it's uh it's a more laid back chilled out vibe so if it shows up a little janky sometimes that's okay yeah which i just want to point out during that small intermission that we had to take during recording i saw like a pod b notifications like what the hell is this for and i saw indie vol nation new episode i was like what the hell in the middle of the show yeah man i'm so out of the habit like i even posted the one uh the post that wanted to YouTube and then I just completely drew a blank on posting it to Podbean. So like, <laughs> it was just like a gap in it too. Uh, I'll, uh, it has not been my week very decidedly, but I'm glad we can make this happen at whatever hour and with whatever number of interruptions. And, uh, for anyone who hung in, man, thanks. Appreciate it. And, uh, hope we delivered something. I'm sure we did. And if you want to find more of it, Indie Bar Report on Instagram, IndieBarReport.com. Indie Ball Pod on Twitter. There's stuff on all of them. You could check all that out. And uh, yeah, Indie Ball Report pretty much wherever you find podcasts. Tune in. I would say Stitcher, but they're shutting Stitcher down. So that's really going to mess with my end cap. So thanks a lot, no Stitcher. Uh, but <laughs> Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podbean, you know, they're a good hosting site. So props to them. And, uh, the only thing, I, and it's weird, I have not had to do anything to add in a month, but there is one thing I want to point out here, and this is again to the uh, the fellow running the uh, Railcats uh, talk podcast. I think his name's Kyle. I don't know for certain, mm-hmm. but I think it's Kyle. Uh, I don't know what posting site you use, man, but like if we could go ahead and get on something other than Spotify or Apple Podcasts would really help me out because I'm rocking an Android here, and I hate listening to podcasts on Spotify. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just not what I do. If we get onto Google Podcasts, it would really help me out because then I could keep everything in one spot. Um, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying, you know, more platforms, more listens, it, it'd be helpful. And I would appreciate it personally. Um, but, that, you know, from the advice from uh, you're, you know, I'm just, lo- your local neighborhood, uh, Indie Ball Pod. I know. And personally, I know whenever I've recorded, I've managed to keep the power on the whole time. So that's a positive here. So I know what I'm talking about. Wonder what that's like. Uh, it's pretty nice. Although I will say uh, <laughs> it does get awfully hot in the room I record because the door has got to get shut and the vent's kind of blocked by a bed. So and I can't put the fan on because then you hear the fan while it's recording. It's a problem. So it just gets really hot in here. Uh, luckily it has not been that hot outside yet so we haven't had to deal with it being like 95 outside trying to record and me literally sweating while i'm doing this and hearing my laptop want to die as it's put up top on like those uh, coke bottle lids as like my little stand on it so i i don't really know what's gonna happen here but uh, i think i know what i'm doing i mean at least you're not sitting in the dark And just like that, don't forget to play ball.